Lead to Win is brought to you by Leaderbox, a monthly reading experience curated by leaders for leaders. Learn more at leaderbox.com. Hey, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work, succeed at life, and lead with confidence. And this is going to be a little bit different episode than we've done in the past. A few weeks ago, we moved into our first permitted office space here at Michael Hyatt & Company. It's a collaborative workspace just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And today we're going to pull back the curtain and give you a peek into how we created this unique team environment and why, because it's had a powerful impact on our team. Collaborative workspaces are becoming more common as more and more employees work remotely, but productivity suffers when teams don't have the environment they need to communicate and collaborate effectively. So true. In this episode, we'll show you how to create the perfect hybrid workspace by incorporating four essential elements of team collaboration. We'll also take you behind the scenes for a guided tour of our co-working space here at Michael Hyatt and Company. And as a bonus, make sure to check out the show notes to see photos of our space. When we're done, you'll be able to bust down those silos and create a collaborative environment where your team can thrive. Before we dig in, let me remind you that you can get every single episode of this podcast delivered straight to your computer or mobile device. Who wouldn't want that? And that includes occasional bonus episodes that are not released through any other channel. All you got to do is subscribe to Lead to Win on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you need help, just visit leadto.win slash subscribe. We made it super easy. Thanks. So, Dad, let's talk about some bad work environments that you've been in. Like cube hell? <laughs> like a lot of them, right? For both of us, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, I've worked in those environments that are the open office environments. Yeah. Where, you know, it's supposed to be trendy and make it easy for management to rearrange stuff every, you know, 30 days or so. <laughs> and those are so disruptive because you can't really get any privacy and you don't feel valued. But then I, I totally get it from a management standpoint. If you create the private offices for everybody, and then it becomes this whole status thing. Yeah. And I think actually adds to the political environment where people have private offices, who has the corner office, who has the, you know, the, the office that's too small. I, I can tell you a lot of the issues I dealt with in corporate America were the sizes of people's offices. <laughs> now, in our company, you went through an entire title and salary study, right, yes. to make sure that we had equity. We literally, and I'm not making this up, but at a company I was at previously, we had the dimensions of the size of the office that went with every position. Oh, my gosh. You talk about trying to rearrange your architecture every time you you promote somebody. Absolutely. And what gosh. happens if you promote somebody that now deserves a bigger office, but there are no bigger offices available? And it ah, becomes a whole thing. So stressful. Okay, so it shouldn't have to be that difficult. Right. So part of what we've done here is I think kind of taking a rational, common sense approach. This will not work for everybody. You know, we'll be the first to admit that. But it's a pretty cool solution. One of the issues that's come up in the last seven or eight years is this whole on-site versus remote work. Yeah. And there are a lot of extremes in this. But I remember having this debate probably about 10 years ago, and there were people that were emphatic on both sides. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of managers hate for their people to be offside because they feel like if they can't see them, how can't do they know them. they're really working? Exactly. That's that's what goes on. Which is kind of funny to think about um, as as the whole remote work thing has evolved. But then on the flip side, 
It's become very trendy to have a totally remote team where you have no central office, no real uh, kind of home base, where everybody works from home all over the country, all over the world, in fact, different time zones. And I think we're just starting to see that there are some problems with that, too. You know, There are, because at Michael Hyatt & Company, we started as a complete remote workforce. Yeah. So nobody was in the same office. There was no centralized office. It and we started seeing the limitations of that, particularly as it relates to collaboration. Mm -hmm. But we didn't want to create the traditional on-site work that required everybody to come in and have their own cube or their own mm -hmm. you know, specific office space. And so we've come up with a unique hybrid solution. And we believe in the hybrid model for a few reasons. Do you want to start with this? Yeah. So remote employees are generally happier and more productive. So there are numerous studies that confirm the benefits of engagement, productivity, yep. and focus. But according to a study of 1,100 remote workers, they can also feel left out. That's kind of the, the part of it that people don't talk about. Right. And we've certainly seen that in our own employees, mm -hmm. kind of a loneliness, a sense of not being connected. So that's where on-site collaboration sometimes becomes necessary. And studies show that workers who balance at home and in-office time fare the best. Mm -hmm. Some tasks just flat out require in-person work. So one of the things we did was we got this membership to a co-working space. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of our answer for a few years. Every time we needed to collaborate, we went to one of those spaces, we reserved a room, and we had our collaboration. Mm -hmm. But it just got to the point where we said, hey, you know what, we really need to do this for our own for our own team. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I found is that at the beginning of our business, the work that we were doing was mostly with contractors and it was transactional. They would provide a service that we requested, they would deliver the service, and that was kind of the end of it. You know, culture wasn't a big part of right. what we were thinking about in those early days. It was really just about getting the work done and we needed more hands than we had employees, so we used contractors. But over time, what we realized was that to stay aligned, to do something bigger and better together, we really needed a culture. We needed collaboration. We needed alignment. Those are hard things to mm -hmm. create in a transactional environment. Even Slack and some of the tools we use for inter-office communication, which are great and we love having access to, are just not enough to hold a company together. You have to be intentional about creating some kind of a glue uh, an identity, a corporate identity, a yep. company identity, and a sense of belonging and a sense of place. Those are things that over time are what enable you to scale. And if you don't have them, it can be a problem. Yeah, so true. And so just to be crystal clear, what we're talking about is we've created our own co-working space. Mm -hmm. It's not an open office concept. It's a co-working space. Mm -hmm. And here's the key distinction. Everyone is invited. No one is required to come into the office. Mm -hmm. So people can continue to work at home if they want to. If they find that the that the work that they're focusing on that day is better done off-site, no problem. Nobody's going to check up on you. Nobody's going to even question it. But anybody can come in here at any time they want to. That's totally up to them. So it's remote work, but central connection. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. I think most of our people are here at least a couple days a week, maybe more. Right. Um, certainly there are mandatory meetings for teams and things like that, so they need to come in for those. But I would say at least one or two days a week, people are working from home and getting the, the benefit of that. Yeah, and I would say also 90% of our people live in the Nashville area, mm -hmm. so that makes it convenient. That's another thing that we studied and, and saw over time that it was very helpful if we had people local. Yes. But we've got a, a few key important people, one of them in this room. Uh, actually, two of them in this room, who are not local to Nashville. And that's fine, too. Yeah, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working <laughs> on it. Okay, so 
First, we want to talk about the theory behind our space. That's going to be pretty quick. And Megan, we're going to reverse roles here. I'm going to be asking you about it because you were the most involved in designing the space, working with the designers, all the different people that were involved. And then we're going to take, and this is going to be fun, a guided tour. Okay. (laughs) So let's identify the four essential elements of a collaborative space. You know, we distilled this after the fact, but I think for those of you that are considering something like this, this will be very helpful to you. So what's element number one? Element number one is culture. So the space that you create defines who you are and how you work, whether you know it or not. Uh, It sets the mood for your team every day. And it's the first impression for visitors, vendors, clients, prospective team members, even, which is something we often don't think about. And so what we want to do intentionally is to create a space that incorporates our values and kind of externalize them. And some of them are really obvious. Like we have our core values hanging out there. We'll talk about that in a minute. But our values are communicated through the kind of furniture that we picked, the finishes that we have chosen, the flow of the space, all those kinds of things communicate who we are to our team uh, in important ways. I think it also communicates how much we value the team. Yeah. That we're willing to make this kind of investment. Mm-hmm. Where we could, you know, I could take the money as the owner of the company as profit, mm-hmm. but I want to invest this uh, here because I, I esteem the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. I want them to have a beautiful place uh, to work in. So, you know, if you if you want to go into sort of a concrete warehouse and do card tables, you know, and some businesses are low margin and that's the best you can do, mm-hmm. that does communicate something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe if you're in a business where you're negotiating hard with vendors and you really want to get the best price, probably, you know, a, a really luxurious space like we've got isn't going to help you. Right. <laughs> right. Because people walk into that space and go, oh, they got some money to spend. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it is nice to have this kind of environment for our kind of business, mm-hmm. for our clients and our employees and everybody else we're trying to get on board. I think it gives our team confidence. It makes them feel um, like what we're doing is important. You know, it, it conveys a level of authority, you mm-hmm. know, that the space feels beautiful and finished and, uh, you know, defined as it is. So I think that's critical too. Yeah, we experienced that this morning when a couple guys walked in for a meeting and we happened to greet them. You and I both knew mm-hmm. them, but they weren't meeting with us. But, you know, there's the first time into the space and they were just like, wow, this is unbelievable. Right. This is legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're a legit business. Okay, what's element number two? Element number two is connection. And the second element of a collaborative workspace is one that's easy to ignore if you've had a totally remote team. Mm-hmm. And we knew it was very important to have a space where our team was able to build relationships with each other. This is often dismissed or forgotten altogether. Um, but the relationships that people have at work are often one of the biggest drivers in their performance. If they don't feel connected, if they don't feel engaged, then their performance is going to suffer and the turnover is going to be higher. So we wanted a space that encouraged that kind of connection and for people to build relationships with each other. So one of the things that most offices do not have is a place where people are able to do focused work to create. Very often you'll hear people say, well, I have to do the real work at home. You know, yeah. they go to the office if they have a traditional office. They go to the office and they're um, they're in meetings all the time, or they're talking with their coworkers, but they can't really do head down kind of work. And we thought, well, we need to design that into the space because that's a big part of what we do. We're a very creative company, and we need a an actual physical space where people can make things rather than have to do that kind of offsite. And I'll tell you why that's important when you're employing. Younger people, like we do in our mm-hmm. company, like almost everybody's under the age of 35, except for me. And um, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're on the other side of that too now. 
But, you know, when they have small children at home and they're trying to get work done at home, yeah. they don't really have a focused creative space. So we want to offer that here as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, frankly, just for me, you know, I do have a focused creative space at home and I work 90% of the time at home when I'm trying to do that kind of work. But occasionally, I just need to change the scenery. And that itself will stimulate creativity. Exactly. Kind of like going to a coffee shop, except our coffee shop is quiet and it's, you know, engineered for productivity. Yeah. Love that. Okay. The final element, element number four. Element number four is collaboration. So this is one of the biggest reasons that we decided to have an office space is that we had nowhere to meet. You know, we as our teams grew from one or two people to five, six, seven eight, nine people on a team, it gets harder and harder to accommodate those people. You can't do it around somebody's kitchen table very easily. We've tried. We've tried. You can do it remotely, but it just, you really need to be face to face. And there's value in like Zoom conferencing or video conferencing or something like that. We use it all the time, but it's still not the same as being face to face. Right. We needed a place where we could get a whiteboard out, uh, where we could come up with ideas and we just didn't have a place. Every time we went to schedule a meeting, it was a huge pain. So we said, we have got to have our own space where we can collaborate as a team. Uh, and so we did. Well, here's been the shocking thing to me. I should have known better, but not all the best collaboration can be scheduled. In other words, when you yes, just bump into somebody at the point. office or have a point or something somebody else says stimulates you in the moment, mm-hmm. that's some of the best, most creative collaborative thinking that can happen. Especially cross-functionally. I think that's yes. one of the things that was not happening uh, as, as well as we would have liked to have seen before because there was just sort of natural siloing that happens in a remote context. But now everybody's here together. And very often people from different teams will bump into each other and and rope each other into things um, that they might not have remembered Mm -hmm. to otherwise. And that's facilitated better teamwork and better results. Hey, if you're enjoying this content, I want to share with you a resource I think you'll find particularly helpful. Do you desire to be a well-read leader or someone who reads consistently and retains just about everything? Hey, I mean, we all would. Many leaders know they should be reading consistently if they want to develop their leadership, but doing this on top of all the other daily responsibilities can be difficult, right? How do you know what books to read? How do you find the time? And how can you retain all that you've read? Well, that's exactly why we created Leaderbox. Leaderbox is a way to automate your professional development. It's a monthly curated reading experience for leaders created by leaders. Every month, we deliver two books chosen by us to grow your leadership. We also provide an activation guide that delivers an executive summary, big ideas, salient quotes, and powerful questions for each chapter. Also in the box is a reading plan, so you know exactly what to read each day to complete the book. And on top of all this is our amazing Facebook community. I love this community because it's a great place to talk about the books and see what others are learning. If you want to read more books twice as fast, then Leaderbox is your solution. You can find out more at leaderbox.com. Okay, so let's get up and do a guided tour. You ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, let's start by walking into this space just like we do every morning or whenever we come in and just like all of our teammates do. (laughs) Sound effect, right? Okay, so how would you describe what we're looking at right now, Megan? So this is the Connect space, and this is kind of like a luxury hotel combined with a Starbucks. Perfect. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So like you see a, a, a bar kind of in front of us. Yep. Marble countertop that you can pull up a leather stool to. Leather stools. Mm-hmm. Behind that, there's this amazing coffee machine that I really want to get at home. Right. But this is like <laughs> the best coffee machine you could get. It is. We have um, a, a fridge full of LaCroix or LaCroix, if you want to say it correctly. So it's just really like drink central in here. We have a beautiful skylight. We get natural light. We have plants that are being delivered right now every week. We have greenery that comes from a local florist in town that just kind of makes it feel alive and you know, that because that's what you do in a hotel lobby. lobby. Yeah. Right? So really what inspired this for me is that there's a hotel in Chicago that you and I have been to before called the Soho House. And it has yes, an amazing, amazing lobby. And I thought, that's what I want our office to feel like. You know, I want our people to feel as special as guests do when they come into a hotel. Okay. So one of the things that we don't do here is we don't charge the employees. First of all, we never call our people employees. Right. <laughs> but we don't, we don't charge the employees you know, so much for the drinks. We don't have a vending machine. No. Like, like this is family, right? right? Come so this on stuff in. is just, you know, we provide it, you know, be responsible, but eat enough as much as you want, drink as right. much as you want. Whatever. This is our version of the water cooler. So this is just yes. a really nice water cooler where we create space for our people to connect. And a lot of business happens here. A lot of business has happened at this island. And there's also, I should say, a beautiful rendition of our logo. Laser the, cut. Laser cut on the back logo. wall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's nice too. Yeah, we should also say the colors are, how would you describe them, neutral? Yeah, the colors are neutral, but they're not boring. We wanted things to feel calming and uh, elegant, but not too over the top. You know, we didn't want it to be loud. We wanted it to be kind of the backdrop for the kind of community and uh, creativity that we're trying to inspire here. I think it's so good about you managing this project. And I should say also, I didn't see this space <laughs> until the day before we unveiled it to all of our mm-hmm. uh, teammates. Yeah. So... That's how much I trusted you with this because you think through things like color psychology right. and sort of the subtle parts of the brand that would be lost on a lot of people, mm-hmm. but all add up to an experience right. that we wanted. I should say, by the way, I had the help of a fantastic interior designer, Elena Siren from Red Leaf Interiors. And without her, there's no way I could have made all these decisions because it yep. was a lot of decisions to make. Feel free to contact her for your design right. projects. <laughs> She's really wonderful. Okay, let's go over to the Create Space. So that sound you just heard is the glass door systems that separates each of these spaces. They're beautiful, black-framed, custom-made glass doors that are soundproof so that we're able to, um, you know, kind of contain the sound in each space as we want. They're frosted in the middle for privacy and focus. So now we're in the Create Space, and this is kind of like the best of the Admirals Club. You know how when you've missed a flight or your flight's delayed, you've got to hang out at the airport and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I have somewhere to go away from the hustle and bustle. Well, this is kind of that space. This is a space that the rule in in here is that it's quiet. Um, This is where you come to do focused work without distractions. So, you know, there's room for probably 10 or 15 people in here, but they're not talking to each other. There are, there's a row of- We're we're violating all that right now. I know, we're really- Because Mike's trying to do work behind us. And we're just like talking. (laughs) There's a row of stand-up desks along an exposed brick wall that have big curved monitors. So our folks from our finance team and our development team, they're able to stand there and see kind of like side-by-side screens or stools that they can sit on. The desks are adjustable. So if you're short or tall, it doesn't really matter. If you want to sit or stand, it works. Good lighting in here. Um, There's also throughout the whole space, a white noise system. So you don't really notice it, but it helps to... 
um, buffer the noise. It's super calming too. It's so calming. The colors in here are a little lighter intentionally just to kind of facilitate that creativity and openness. There's a big seating group in the middle with beautiful wing back chairs. One of my favorite things is this whiteboard. Yeah, we have a glass whiteboard on a wall. So if somebody wants to work out, um, you know, some ideas over there, that can happen. There just are a lot of places where you can sit. There's a place to put your drink at every table, um, but there's a comfortable place to sit and work. And I should say, I went to Atlanta and I sat in probably 30 chairs. It was very personally. personally. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that every chair was really comfortable because we've all been in hotel lobbies or other places where it looks great, but nobody wants to sit there. Right. There are like two or three great totally. chairs. So in this space, every single chair is comfortable and somewhere you'd want to sit for hours and do work. I'm going to take your word for that because I haven't tried all of them, but the ones I have said <laughs> were amazing. Yep. Talk about the uh, shelving over here because this is also uh, unique to us and cool. Yep. So we have some built-in shelving over here that displays our products. It's kind of floor to ceiling with library lights in it. And we have our products displayed on. It's really pretty and it just feels like kind of a brand showcase uh, on either side of another seating group that has a big leather Chesterfield sofa in the middle. I'll tell you one of the things I love about that. We've also got posters in my books up, mm -hmm. but I think in a business like ours, when we're when we were remote, everything can get kind of abstract. Yeah. And and you don't get point. to, you're, you're separated. Actually, Karl Marx said this, but we're sort of alienated from our work. Yeah. But here at the work, the work product for sure is right here. We can see it and mm -hmm. touch it and handle it. Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool. It is. So one of the fun things that we've done is intentionally put photos all over the space of our team. Now, these are not all professional photos and they're not all photos of us. Thank goodness. Cause that would be weird. Um, and boring. <laughs> and boring, but they're photos of fun things that we've done together with our team over the years. Some of those team members aren't with us anymore. They've moved on to do other things or we've been in places that, you know, that we probably won't go back to, but it's so special because everyone captures a memory, uh, moment in time in our growth as an organization. I can only imagine that as the years go by, those will become more and more precious to us. Okay. One of the things I've been meaning to ask is we have living plants everywhere. We do. Wouldn't it have been a lot cheaper to use artificial plants, no maintenance? And don't they look almost the same? I don't know if it would have been cheaper, but it definitely would have been easier. Um, I personally am a little bit of a plant lady. <laughs> I have plants all over Who my knew? house. I'm not a cat lady, but I'm a plant lady. I think there's something about having living things inside. I mean, not only does it purify the air and all that stuff that, you know, we already right. know, but it just feels good. It just, it feels like. For reasons you can't articulate. Yeah, you really can't articulate it, but it, it feels like you're in a living, breathing space. It's not kind of plastic. You know, there's something about it that's, uh, that just feels alive. And I think that, that translates in other areas. I think that's a good example of where we didn't cut corners. Right. For the sake of expense or efficiency, but we right. just felt like all this stuff added together matters. Mm -hmm. By the way, it's it's a little bit like when we did the full focus planner. Most people won't know why that's such a quality product. Right. But for those of us who have been in publishing, you know, it's a it's a sewn binding, it's super quality paper. We thought about every detail. Yeah, real silk ribbons, all that. And again, people wouldn't be able to say, Oh, that's why I bought it. Mm -hmm. But it all adds up to a a brand experience yep. that we're after even in this space. That's right. Okay, now let's go to the Collaborate space. So before we get into the Collaborate space, I just want to make a note that we have Zoom booths here. Zoom booths? Zoom booths at Michael Hyde and Company, which are kind of like the Doctor Who phone booth, but high tech. <laughs> <laughs> So these also have the same soundproof doors that the uh, Create Space that we were just in has. Right. And they have monitors up on the wall, kind of like a concrete countertop with a uh, keypad. They have uh, cords that you can plug into your computer. 
webcams. So basically, why do you call them Zoom rooms? Well, there's there's Zoom booths because we use Zoom, which is our video conferencing software, and so we do a lot of our virtual meetings that way. So yeah, and if you haven't tried Zoom, you got to try that. Yeah, Zoom It's fantastic. Our conference rooms are also Zoom rooms, uh, but these are like mini Zoom booths, and so this is where you go if you want to have a conversation, you know, that's confidential or a meeting or maybe do a webinar or something like that. They're soundproof and. I don't know. It's just like a great way to avoid having lots of loud conversations or people taking up a conference room when they really just need to have a private conversation. Are these getting used? Absolutely. Okay. We're getting used every day. Just we have sure. three of those, by the way. Okay. All right. One of the things that's very noticeable when you move into this room, now then into the collaboration area, which is the biggest area of the entire office it space, is. is you've got these hanging chandeliers. Yeah. These are really beautiful. These were original-ish to the space. They're They're definitely very old, probably like... 1940s, mm-hmm. um, something like that. And they kind of have like a, I don't know, they sort of have like a circusy sort of feel to them. They have um, a big brass ring with little lights on the outside and a globe in the middle. And I don't know, I feel like they're kind of like the jewelry of the space. Well, they're so very unique. They're I mean, very, not, not very something unique. you're going to find at Home Depot. Yeah, not corporate. When you walk in this space, it's just off the kitchen and there are kind of two functions to it. There's an open working space that has, again, several seating areas. Think Starbucks. Yeah, kind of like Starbucks. There's a big community table in the middle that has six chairs in it. And that's often full of people just, you know, with headphones on doing work or having an impromptu Like Jim and Shana this morning. Jim and Shana were there this morning. Then there is a sofa with a couple of armchairs across from it. Again, a place where people could have an impromptu meeting. I sat there the other day and picked out logos for a new product that we're creating. Um, we have our core values displayed here that are just beautifully designed in bright colors, kind of like a large scale poster format um, on the wall. So that's really the big visual feature in this area. Your eye goes there immediately. And it is beautiful. So that's kind of like the, the center of the space. Again, on one wall, it's all exposed brick. But then we have... Three rooms along the other side that are conference rooms or what we call, we have two team huddle rooms and then a conference room at the end. Okay. So what's the difference between a huddle room and a conference room? So the huddle rooms are a little bit like the conference room on Air Force One. (laughs) Like we've all been there. (laughs) Like we've all been there. In in my many experiences on Air Force One, (laughs) this is what I imagine it would be like. So these are about 12 by 12 and there is a round concrete conference table. That might sound kind of weird, but it's actually finished like a countertop. It's about two two inches thick on a big um, kind of iron pedestal that's round underneath it. It's really beautiful. It kind of has a little bit of an industrial feel, but in a good way, uh, surrounded by six leather chairs. And also electrical outlets yes. all around the table. Yep. So it's easy for people to plug in their laptops. Those are screwed into the, the underneath side of the table. Because you know how you go to a meeting and everybody's kind of like fighting over the one outlet that's on the wall and it doesn't reach and it just drives you crazy. So we wanted to avoid that. There's a TV on the wall that makes this a Zoom room. So this is also equipped with the Zoom technology. There's an iPad that runs that so that we can have meetings, you know, with webcams in two places where we can see the whiteboard and Mm -hmm. the people that are um, the attendees. We can also use a digital whiteboard as a part of the Zoom app. Um, But these are really functional. They get used almost all day, every day, you know, kind of like Monday through Wednesday, probably. But then there's also a a physical whiteboard. Yep. There's also another glass whiteboard in there. Because we can't talk without whiteboards. Yep. And then there's a bookshelf displaying more of our products. We really didn't want it to feel corporate in any way. So we did some things that were intentionally kind of residential in feel like bookshelves, like accessories and things that you might not normally see in an office, but warm the space up and make it feel welcoming. 
Talk about that iPad that's outside the wall. This is so cool. So if you're wondering, well, how do you handle who's going to be in the meeting rooms and how do you know who's in there and all that? So the software we use for this is called Team, T-E-E-M. And this enables us to go into a calendar to reserve rooms. Our executive assistants do this regularly. Or you can do it right on the iPad itself by clicking the reserve button. You can see what meetings are coming up and whether or not the room is available. Um, so it lets people know if they can use it kind of on an impromptu basis or whether it's booked for the day. So a lot of these systems were um, set up by Sean Lemon yes. at the digitalorganizer.com. Yes. And he does great work. Anything related to Apple software or Mac software all these rooms have Apple TVs in them as well. Yeah. So we could project things. We, you know, if we get bored, we can watch a movie. Just kidding. <laughs> we Actually, haven't done we that yet. But uh, we haven't tried that yet. We use yet. AirPlay a lot, that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So now let's go to the big conference room. Okay. So this is one of my favorite parts of our space. Uh, did you, haven't you said that for every room? I know. I It's like picking <laughs> children. I love them all. Yeah. This is a little like Frank Lloyd Wright's Den. Perfect. <laughs> if I don't say so myself. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty magnificent. So this space is kind of a combination of a larger conference room, an executive conference room, though of course our whole team can use it, and then a living room uh, set up. So we have it divided into two parts. We have a big conference table that has 10 chairs around it. Same 10 same kind of leather chairs. Same kind of leather chairs. Room. We have a big walnut slab table that's solid walnut. It's so beautiful. It is gorgeous. It just feels really warm. Um, again, the exposed brick wall, big glass whiteboard, a big Zoom enabled TV. I just noticed for the first time we actually have two cameras. We do. The purpose of having two cameras is one to look at the uh, participants that are around the table. We can switch back and forth on our iPad for this. Okay. And then the other that's pointed at the whiteboard. So if there's someone ah. joining virtually that needs to see what's happening on the whiteboard, that's pointed at the whiteboard. Uh, that's so the first that's time the, I... Yeah, I think I knew that. That's the thinking cool. on that. So this also has the beautiful glass uh, doors that are uh, separating it from the big space. And then it has this living room set up, which is so cozy. We have a big so cozy. velvet, dark ink blue velvet sofa that I think is our best sofa in the whole space. Um, a couple of wool uh, plaid, I guess you would call it, chairs mm -hmm. that are just beautiful up against a brick wall. And this is a cozy area where we might have a conversation that is a little more confidential where we want to be able to close the door, but we want that more casual feel, you know, we're brainstorming something with the executive team or something like that. Talk about these big windows. So in this space, we have two big windows that let in a lot of natural light. Lighting was really important to us. Mm -hmm. We did not want this space to feel dark. Part of what makes it feel inspirational and enjoyable to be in is to have that natural light. So we really took advantage of that. We kept the window treatments minimal. They're kind of like simple linen uh, drapes. We have shades over them. So we make sure that if we have a meeting using the Zoom setup that we have, that we don't get a glare on the TV if we don't want to. Um, but it's just a really comfortable, cozy space. We've had lots of great ideas in here already. Tons of breakthroughs. Our team loves to use it. Um, just a wonderful place to be. You know, another little touch that might go unnoticed, and Gail has done this in our home too, but the Wi-Fi access is actually in a frame right. on the wall. <laughs> makes it really easy. It makes it really easy because inevitably when you have guests in, the first thing they ask is what is the Wi-Fi yes. access? So we have that everywhere. So we have that everywhere for people to do it. Little frames on the side tables, on the wall. It's all over the place. Yeah. We really try to use technology and automation where we can. Mm -hmm. So all the lights go off at a specific time. Yeah. They come on at a specific time. They're all in a Lutron system. And we have a fully automated entrance so that the doors are locked all the time. But all our uh, teammates have to have is the iPhone app. 
and that automatically opens the door. Okay, hope you guys enjoyed that. So that wraps up our tour of the new Michael Hyatt and Company co-working space. We've seen the four elements that'll make your workspace a model team environment. They're culture, connection, creation, and collaboration. And I hope you saw that as we took the guided tour. But as we close, I just want to remind you that the design of your workspace matters. It's a great opportunity to set the tone and the direction for your entire workforce. Meg, I'm going to reverse this. Do you have any final thoughts? <laughs> well, I think it's easy to become utilitarian about space and yes. just think about the functions. Or the cost. Or the cost, you know. And the truth is design matters and Design and functionality together are going to give you the best result in terms of teamwork and productivity. And this is one of those areas as a leader that if you invest in, your team will really feel it. And I think what you'll so notice is a level of teamwork that did not exist before. Guys, thanks again for joining us on Lead to Win. Remember that you can see photos of our space, read a transcript of this show, and find other valuable resources at leadto.win. Check it out. Also, please tell your friends and colleagues about it. And please subscribe to this program wherever you listen to podcasts or visit lead2.win slash subscribe. This program is copyrighted by Michael Hyde and Company, all rights reserved. Our producer is Nick Jaworski. Our writers are Joe Miller and Lawrence Wilson. Our production assistant is Alicia Curry. We invite you to join us next week for a new episode. Until then, lead to win. This episode of Lead to Win was brought to you by Leaderbox, a professional development subscription box to help you stay cutting edge in today's marketplace. Find out more at leaderbox.com.